This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Jake Kelfer. Jake is a lifestyle entrepreneur, life elevator, and coach to ambitious entrepreneurs and freedom seekers. Thank you for joining me today. Man, pumped to be here. Excited about this. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Of course, man. So for me, uh, growing up, it was always about family, academics, and athletics. Everything I did was around my family, academics, and athletics. And truthfully, my first dream was to be the next Kobe Bryant, the next Magic Johnson. I wanted to be a Laker, and uh, I did everything I could growing up to to make it to the NBA. That was my that was my dream. I was born in Southern California, so the Lakers were our team. And unfortunately, by the time I got to high school, I, I kind of realized that in my senior year that I wasn't going to make the team or that I wasn't going to make the NBA. Right. And so I kind of said, well, I could try to go play D2, D3. Or what if I instead, if I can't be on the court as a player, what if I studied to become a representation person as an agent for players on the court? And so I set to set out to college, pursued the academic route, studied to be a sports agent. And I thought, OK. Here's my path now. I can't make I can't make millions as a player. I'm going to be a sports agent, represent the best players, make millions of dollars, buy a house, buy an island, and then I'll start giving back, speaking, writing, doing all these fun things. Well, when I was with the Lakers, uh, excuse me, before I before I uh, decided to go to what was next, I realized something even bigger, which was the path that we think we're on or the path that we dream of isn't always going to be the path that we actually live. And right before I graduated from college, the agency that was going to hire me actually went on a hiring freeze and they told me they couldn't bring me on. Now I'd given them over a year of my time. I was really excited to work with them and it just fell flat on its face. Well, as luck would have it, as life would have it, I was offered a job to work for the Los Angeles Lakers in their corporate partnerships division. So in a way, my career started working for the team that I had always wanted to play for. And while I was with the team, I experienced some great things. I got to pick all the contestants for, for a lot of the halftime contests. And I, I realized during that time that I wanted to do more. I wanted to help more people. And that's what led me to starting to write my first book. And so I went from the Lakers, a Lakers employee to author, turned motivational speaker, turned uh, creator of an event called the Pro Basketball Combine as my way of getting back into sports, which has now helped over 70 NBA prospects on their first contract. And that's led me to now coaching entrepreneurs and people to elevate themselves to the, the next level in their life. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's awesome that you found a way to kind of get into the industry or the the league that you wanted to play in, regardless, because sometimes you have to kind of come to terms in terms of, you know, you're not born necessarily seven foot tall or, you know, six foot eight, or you can work as hard as you can. I mean, there's only been a few people that have, you know, gone past a situation that's not like your stereotypical persona of a basketball player. I mean, I feel like European players. Uh, break that mold a lot more so than, you know, people that are drafted from the U.S., but I think it was great. So what are some of the things kind of you learn in that Lakers role that have, you know, helped you in terms of 
how you work with people today. Obviously, you worked with a lot of people. And I think maybe in that experience, at least for me in my career path or, you know, entrepreneurial journey, I think my emotional and, uh, you know, empathy and my IQ in terms of emotion grew from every experience. So how, like, what have you learned from that that you've taken and applied to help people, you know, directly today? I've learned a ton from that experience. And, I, and I'll kind of break it down into a few different avenues. And the first one is being able to be around the franchise, one of the most winning franchise in the world in any sport, um, and one of the most recognizable franchises, and being there during Kobe's final NBA season, to see him in the way he would warm up, knowing that he only had a certain amount of energy left right in his tank. It wasn't like he was one of these youthful guys that could just go around and do whatever he wanted. He'd be very uh, methodical about and strategic about how he approached the game. But the one thing that he never changed was he always worked on the fundamentals. He always worked on making sure he was going to execute what he does best better than everybody else. And so one of the things that we always talk about is sometimes we overlook in our life, we overlook some of the most fundamental things. For example, and, and this is something that I'm working on right now, for example, breathing. Breathing is something we do 25,000 plus times a day, but how many of us actually take the time to understand how we're supposed to properly breathe? According to the studies, the majority of us actually breathe incorrectly. We're breathing through our mouth. We're over breathing. We think that we need a ton more oxygen. In reality, we actually don't need all that. But the point of this, this one lesson is that when we focus on the fundamentals and we execute on the things that we know will help us win in life, we will achieve more W's. We will achieve more wins. And so we're always trying to focus on how do we go back to the base roots? How do we continue to do the fundamentals better than everyone else? The second thing that I, that I really learned when I was with the team is I, is I realized um, that I really wanted to be on my own again. And I wanted to do that very quickly. I, I loved working within the organization, but for me as someone who always has these big ideas, I really wanted to be able to explore these ideas. And when you work for a, a hierarchy in an organization, sometimes those ideas aren't necessarily always, always received or you aren't really able to do it depending on your status and your, and your level. So I really realized that I wanted to make sure I get back on my own as quickly as possible and never have a ceiling on top of my head for what was, what was possible to achieve. And then the third thing that uh, was probably the most trans, uh, transformational um, in terms of my growth and in the work that I do now is when I was working with the Lakers, I, uh, part of my job was to pick the half-court contest uh, shooter, right? And I was going into the elevator to, to pick up this person. And basically the way it worked is there's private elevators. You get in the elevator, the elevator takes you down to the court level, and that's where I was going to meet my contestant. Now, this elevator ride, I thought was just going to be a normal day, uh, a normal day in the job. And all of a sudden, uh, Jerry West walks in the elevator. Now, for those of you who are listening right now who don't know who Jerry West is, he is a Lakers legend, a Hall of Fame player. He is the guy the NBA modeled the logo after. So my heart is pounding, right? As a lifetime Lakers fan, my heart is pounding. I'm 22 years old. Here's Jerry West, the legend. It's me, Jerry, the elevator attendant. Now, the elevator attendant has no clue who this is. And so he says, excuse me, sir, to Jerry, where, where do you want to go? What floor? Jerry says the event level. Now, this guy doesn't know who he is. And so he asks Jerry, he says, well, do you have a credential? If you don't, I'm going to have to ask you to step off because this young gentleman pointing at me, he's got work to do. And Jerry was like, you know, like in his mind, I'm sure he was like, what the heck? What the heck is going on here? But he said, no, I don't. And he was about to step off. And right before he was about to step off, I go, wait, wait, wait. He's with me. He's my guest. I'll escort him down. And the person working the elevator tenant looks at me like I'm kind of crazy. Like, dude, you didn't even say hi to this person. How do you know him? Um, and so he says, are you sure? And so I look at Jerry and I'm like, waiting for that nod of approval. And, and Jerry gives me the nod of approval. So I give the elevator attendant the same nod of approval. 
And the next 14 seconds, Roman, one of the best elevator rides I've ever had. And right as we get out, I'm wondering in my mind, how is Jerry going to be reacting right now? Is he going to be pissed that a 22-year-old stood up for him or try to escort him? Is he going to be pissed that the elevator attendant didn't know who he was? And he sticks out his hand, shakes my hand. He says, thank you. I appreciate what you just did for me. And it was in that moment that I realized something that has impacted everything I do now is that at the end of the day, we're all just people. And every one of us as human beings wants to be loved, to be heard, to be complimented, to feel that we belong, to feel that we matter. And in that moment, Jerry West made me feel like a million bucks. I mean, I'm still telling the story. But it also showed me that your words and a single interaction can impact somebody for the long term. And this is now what we call the feeling of elevation in our program, where we can always leave people better than we found them. We can always level up each other in our lives, whether it's in our own life or it's in other people's lives. And so um, those are some of the key lessons that I really took away from, from working with that, that franchise as I look back now um, in my career. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's one of those things, um, you know, you deal with people. If you have a platform, I think it's important to share who you are, what you have to give, kind of your hurdles so people learn from you. I've had experiences, I guess, with the show, other stuff I've done professionally where I go on another show. They're like, I can't believe I got you on the show. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean you can't believe? Like, oh, you're so unattainable. I'm like, what do you mean I'm unattainable? I'm like, I will say almost yes to anyone that has like a genuine ask. I don't care if it's a show or publication that just started or if, if it's somebody senior that has you know, millions of downloads or views, I'll, I'll say yes, if like what you want from me is genuinely to add value to your audience and actually make an impact. And I feel like if you can at least reach one person in some way with your story, then do it. Because at the end of the day, I'm actually, I actually got on the app Clubhouse like two weeks ago. And it is so addicting because there's so many of those personal connections where you jump in a room and there's random people like Grant Cardone or Gary Vaynerchuk. Sometimes you can talk to them, sometimes not, but it's like, it like levels the playing field and you have to, like you said, at the end of the day, we're all human, regardless of what we've achieved or, you know, what we went through in certain situations, just be a good person, regardless of who that person is or is, you know, status in life. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I haven't explored Clubhouse too much, but the idea of being able to get in touch and ask questions to all different types of people um, is something that's, that's really cool, right? Because it is at the end of the day about connection, right? In order for us to achieve happiness and success, it's going to be based on our ability to create great relationships. And so Clubhouse is giving us that, that opportunity. And I think it's going to be fun to continue to explore there too, for sure. Yeah, I agree. So What's one thing that uh, motivates you to succeed? Obviously, those motivations may have changed over time, but what currently motivates you to succeed? Um, there, there's a few. There's a few motivations for me, for sure. I mean, I think one is just an intrinsic desire to to be great. Um, and what I mean by that is greatness and and success. You know is for me to be able to create the life I've always wanted, to be able to have freedom to do what I want, when I want, with who I want. And so for me, that's one of the biggest motivators for me is, you know, I work my butt off to be able to uh, create that lifestyle, but also to be able to inspire others and elevate others to achieve that as well for themselves. And so when I get to see one of our clients, she just texts me, she's like, I just gave my one month notice. I'm about to, I'm about to hit the ground running very soon here. That's amazing to me because for her, that's a huge success and pivotal moment in her life. Um, other people, you know, when, when I get to see them and, and I was doing a talk for high school kids and I was talking about how do you define success? And I was talking about the comparison and how oftentimes we compare what we think success is versus what society compa- uh, expects of us for success. And he came up to me after and he was crying 
And he literally just looked at me and he said, Jake, I've never even thought about success this way. I've always thought it was about money, about wealth, about status, about fame. And he said, but truthfully, success for me in, in high school right now would be able to have a dinner with both my mom and dad at the table. That would be successful for me. And so when you ask me what is a motivator, it's to give people experiences like that and to be able to have people see the breakthrough and then be able to take action upon what they've just envisioned. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, at the end of the day, it's kind of like that drive in terms of you becoming better as well. So often say it's you versus you. So it's not necessarily being competitive. Let me outdo all the people around me. Let me outdo myself like that. The person I was yesterday, let me be a better person a more driven person today. Oh, yeah. And I mean, for me, it's all about being better every single day. One of my mentors, he talks about be better every day, get better every day, right? Because if, if you kind of equate life to a game. So as a sports guy, I always try to have fun with life, right? And have fun as, as a game. So I treat life as a game and I want to win the game. I want to win my life. I want to be the champion of the game of life. And in order to do that, I got to have wins, right? You got to have wins. If you're an NBA team, there's 82 games in a season. You win 60% of the time, or excuse me, 60 wins out of, out of, out of 82. You're going to be one of the top seeds in the conference. That means you also have 22 losses though. So sometimes it's okay if we don't have an unbelievable day. Sometimes it's okay if things don't go our way. But in order to have a great life, become the champion, we got to win and we got to keep getting better every day so that when we're put in front of situations, we can capitalize on those and continue to level ourselves up. Yeah, I agree. And and those failures, or obviously in this analogy, losses, they're not really a loss or a complete failure unless you don't take something out of it. So like basketball, after the game, you watch, you know, film, what happened? Why did we lose? How can we improve? So learning from that and then pivoting that behavior or that experience in order to combat something in the future makes every, you know, technically failure or an opportunity that didn't go your way truly a, a learning experience. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't lose until you quit, right? Like you just can't. In the game of life, just because you, you make a mistake or it doesn't work the first time, well, you're not, you're not starting over. This is where most people think is, oh, I failed. I have to start over. But you're not starting over from scratch. You're starting over with experience. And experience, when you continue to do things and take action, you're able to make greater progress. So, so I love that way of, of framing it. Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing that you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Mm. You know, I think, I think for me, one of those big, one of those big things that, that kind of come to mind right off the bat is I'm a very ambitious person, right? And I'm sure you could tell, and everyone's listening, like I have a ton of energy. I, I love the game. I will always want to win. I want to compete and I want to, I want to be the best, um, both with myself and, and for others. At the same time, though, that desire and ambition of achievement uh, has sometimes gotten in the way of me being able to enjoy the journey as it's happening. And I've spent a lot of time really working on this. And now I feel that I do an incredible job of being able to be future oriented and, and ambitious while, and relentlessly pursue greatness, but also at the same time, enjoy the journey. So now I'm starting to see things as they're happening rather than waiting to be able to connect the dots to move forward. And that is something that is incredibly difficult. I'll never have it completely figured out. It's always going to be a give and a take and a dance and trying to figure it all out. But that's the beauty of it. But now I'm aware and I'm enlightened by it. And I do things every day to try to stay more in the present, gratitude, breath work, meditation, all these different things so that I can be more present while also pursuing everything that I, that I deem as success moving forward. 
Yeah, I agree. And it's about the journey. It's not about that destination. And a lot of people feel like it's a destination, a stationary point. That's the plateau. I reach it. Let me go retire, sit on the beach. I mean, which is fine situationally. But for me, it's about what you're experiencing and what those experiences have led to. And it's a moving target. You know, you get to something, you achieve something, you scale it, achieve something more, make another goal and then keep going, moving, moving forward. Because I think if I just reached a point and now is my main goal in life and that's it, it's like, what's life about after this? So there's, there's always going to be something else to achieve. There's always going to be more. If you can't enjoy it while you're doing it, and laugh at the mistakes, celebrate the wins, big or small, then it's going to be very, very hard to reach a place of true fulfillment. And, you know, I look at some of these people who sell their companies for hundreds of millions of dollars. All of a sudden, overnight, their bank accounts are flush with cash. Yet then they say, well, I, what, now what? I spent my entire life getting to this point, but now what? Right? And here's the beautiful thing. Anyone who's listening to this right now, we can have it all. We can have it all. We can go to the beach in the journey. We can do whatever it is that we want to create the life we've always desired. And that's something that I think is so powerful when we realize that there is a way. Now let's figure out how to make that our reality. And when you break it down step by step, you're able to see that it's not some crazy, crazy far away thing, but it's actually tangible. And tangibility leads to more, more action because you believe that it's, it's coming. Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience, personal or professional? So uh, I'll give you a good one here. When I was um, writing my first book, I was a year out of, I was a year removed from college and I was writing a career development book on, on how to stand out in the job market. And a lot of people were like, Jake, you're not even a year removed from college and you're writing a career development book. Who in the world's going to listen to you? And I was like, you know what? That's a great question, <laughs> right? And at first I let that bother me. I let it really, really affect me. And I was talking with my dad. I was talking with my dad and, and he was telling me, he said, Jake, one of the things that you got to realize is everybody wants a shortcut. Everybody wants a shortcut to success, to fame, to wealth. But in reality, there is no shortcut. The only shortcut in life is to start now. And when he told me that, it was like a light bulb went off because I realized that, you know what, I could wait 10 years to write this book because then I'll feel quote unquote qualified. But I also know that right now I have something that could help a few people. I could help change the lives of these people. It's my duty to live that. And it's my duty to start now. And because of that, great things have happened that have been completely unexpected in my life. And so what I would tell everybody is, whether it's personally or professionally, is the only shortcut in life is to start now. If you want to lose weight, start today. If you want to write a book, start today. And when you start today, you can look back three years from now and say, holy crap, look how far I've come. You may still not be where you want to be, but you'll be a lot farther because you started when you had the idea. And so that's the piece of advice that I'd leave everybody with. Yeah, I agree. And it's one of those things, regardless if it's something you want to do now and you don't pull the trigger on it for 10 years, 15 years, as long as you try it at some point, because you don't regret those things in 10, 20, 30, 40 years when you're, you know, 60, 70, 80, you regret, regret the things that you've never attempted and have in the back of your mind and have that what if. I mean, in terms of podcasting, if I had the choice to go back probably would have started five years earlier because, I mean, I fell in love with hearing people's stories, talking, and it, it created a platform and, you know, elevated me and who I am as, I guess, a personal brand, whatever you want to call it. 
But then that stage also elevated the things that are important to me. So advocating for the foster care system in terms of changes, different other things I've experienced in my life. So just because you, you know, you're somewhere, try to take it and elevate it because kind of the more you grow, the more impact you can have as well. Absolutely. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Yeah, the best the best way is on uh, Instagram at Jake Kelfer, uh, or you can even check out my website, jakekelfer.com. But Instagram is where I'm hanging out. Come say hi, drop a DM, let's chat. And uh, for anybody that does swing over to, to my Instagram or my website, you can get a free copy of my book, Elevate Your Network. Uh, j- we, we bought a bunch of copies, so just cover the small shipping fee and we'll, uh, we'll mail it out to you. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Of course. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.